church extension. And I told many of you this a couple weeks ago, but I first met Henry when my church in Danville was looking for a pastor. We were having people come in and fill pulpit and just kind of randomly ran into each other after the service and was just blessed by his ministry of the word. So I've been thankful for his encouragement and ministry in my life and look forward to hear how God is going to use him this morning. Thank you, Henry. God bless. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be back with you folks here at Sycamore Bible Church, and it's always a blessing to be in the, your presence, to be able to share with you and uh, to minister to you, especially on a day like today. We've, we've had a number of celebrations, and we've had some home goings, which we would call celebrations of life, but things that are kind of uh, tug at our own hearts. We've, we've had a lot of emotional rides and journeys together as a church and as uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ together and I just want you to know how much I love you and that I love the ministry that you are trying to advance here at your church and that we are so pleased to be able to have come and be a part of this important day as we have the installation for uh, Pastor Lance Lewis. Uh, I have a number of things to share with you today. Uh, I'm going to have a wide variety of activities here as we go through this. So what's really nice about that, it's a pretty short message. Uh, which, that's what I, I knew somebody would come to, come to help me there real quick. Um, but there's so much other filler that we could go for at least till 3 o'clock. But no, that's not, that's not the case. Actually, the reason, well, yeah, <laughs> he's going to rescind his amen in a minute. But no. Uh, but honestly, though, it is such a good uh, opportunity to be with you. You know, it's, it's interesting how, uh, and I'm going to speak a little bit about this in the message, that uh, we're all in a, a pilgrimage here in this world. And we're called pilgrims, aren't we? The Bible teaches us that we are strangers and pilgrims in this world. And we have a life journey that is going to take us down various pathways that we aren't always anticipating or or the outcomes of which the turning points that will redirect us are things that we often don't expect, things that we certainly wouldn't have bargained for, certainly some things we wouldn't have signed up for. Um, And yet, as we were shown in our Sunday school lesson today, Christ is our great shepherd. He is always guiding us, always protecting us, always helping us, and always in charge of our lives. And his will will always be done. He never will be a a defeated leader. His direction is always right. His direction is always best. And his will will be accomplished. And as I think about those things, it's, it's quite interesting to see. Uh, for, you have had things that you would never have signed up for in your life. Illness. I've had illness. Uh, you've had loss in families and, and loved ones. I've had those. Uh, you and I, we all know that these are things that happen that uh, are turns that we would never have banked on or counted on. And yet, because our shepherd continues to guide us through, he's going to help us to arrive at the destination that he desires for us. One thing we know for sure as a destination is there will one day be a trumpet that's going to sound and that we'll have that ultimate destination of entering into his presence. And when that happens, in a twinkling of an eye, we're all going to be changed. We're going to be made 
uh, our mortal will be made immortal. Our corruptible will be made incorruptible. And we are all going to enter into his presence. Until then, it's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be something that we have to be prepared to, to take in and accomplish whatever we can for him while we're in that process. And so I'm very thankful for how God guides and directs. Who would have known that two years ago, about three years? No, is it two or three? I guess it would have been pre, it's pre-COVID, so we know that happened. So let's call it uh, two, two and a half for the, for the sake of uh, discussion that a, a phone call from Calvary Baptist Church down to Sedine Bible Camp in southeastern Tennessee asking for contacts about pastoral candidates would have, said, would have led to me being a person in, in Indiana going over to Illinois and befriending, a, a, befriending them as a church. Uh, the Sedine Bible Camp is a camp that's part of our IFCA fellowship. It's been a church, plan, uh, a, a church camp uh, that's been in existence for many, many decades. Uh, many souls come to Christ because of Sedine Bible Camp. Uh, and they said, well, we don't know who to contact, but we know someone that you can. And they contacted and they redirected the church to a fellow by the name of Dan Nave. And Dan, of course, was a worker with Midwest Church Extension in Remington, Indiana. Dan and I are, are, are this tight. We are very close friends. Uh, and uh, Dan was able to instruct the church at Danville that, well, I don't work in your territory, but I know someone who does, and he put them in touch with me. And lo and behold, that gave me some pulpit opportunities to minister with the folks at Calvary Baptist. Uh, I hope that you all get to know that church very soon. We have some delegates here from that church today, of course, with Lance's family. Uh, but it's a wonderful congregation. And, and help me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a note for him in, him in a short moment. There. But Pastor, last names, give, I've heard two pronunciations, and I never know which is the correct one. Kitanoia. Okay, it is Kitanoia, not Kitanoja, but Kitanoia. Okay, all right. Well, I, then I thought I would have had it right, but uh, I was uh, I was not sure. Um, and God brought into their lives in, after that interim time was completed. It brought Pastor Dan into their lives, Doctor Dan uh, Kitanoia, and it's been a wonderful uh, uh, bringing together their ministry and how God provided for them. And uh, I'm just so happy to have that church in my life and to know that now uh, that kind of networking and just offering one's self in service and friendship and brotherhood in Christ could lead to things such as the event that we're here attending today. How that random uh, multi-channel networking direction brought us into a relationship to, to meet uh, Lance's family and Lance in particular and how God had worked in his life preparing him all the way to get ready for ministry and the different individuals that we, that have been introduced into his life and influenced him to bring us to this point today. Uh, it's a, an amazing tapestry that we're just not creative enough to have even dreamed of to think that the master of all tapestries is up there weaving those things together so that what life is happening today is here for us. Uh, first of all, Linda, my wife, wants to say hello to you. She sends her love. 
Uh, I am on my way to another commitment this evening, or she would have come down with me, uh, which, you know, uh, you, you can pray for our marriage uh, that, you know, she's only partially committed. If I only had one commitment today, she would have joined me. But uh, uh, since I had two commitments, um, she's done with me. So anyway, at least for the day. That's not true, <laughs> but, but it would have been a very long day for her. So just uh, pray that you pray that the triple goes smoothly, but she wants you to know she would have been here. Uh, she never misses installations. She doesn't miss the start of our church plants, um, but this particular time it wasn't going to work out. So uh, she does send her love to you. I also have another word from the board of Midwest Church Extension, one member of our board. Uh, Lance has already heard this commendation, uh, but I want to read it to you all here at Sycamore as well. Uh, we at Community Bible in Paris, Illinois, are excited for Lance and MCE as the quote-unquote plan has worked. And what he's talking about is the new residency program that we have in, put in place for Midwest Church Extension. Lance is our prototype. Uh, he is, uh, as we often, as I've often said, he's resident incarnate, uh, when, meaning that he is now the, he is the first flesh and blood resident that MCE has had, and uh, and we are so blessed that. What God has done in, in residency and bringing Lance into our mission, and uh, and though we not a one of us would have had this outcome in mind, we praise God that this is what's happened uh, in allowing us to be able to see God provide for you. And just as Keith offered up praises uh, about this virtually seamless transition uh, for the church, what a blessing that this is. Okay, he continues and says. Wonderful graduation time and a wonderful report that Lance on what you have learned. One of his his final project was to compile the the benefit of residency in his life, and he drafted an entire paper for us to read. And the board was commenting on that report. We are excited for this new chapter in your life and the life of Sycamore Bible Church, Pastor Dave Laborde, Community Bible Church in Paris, Illinois. From Pastor Dan Kinanoya to Sycamore Bible Church and to Lance Lewis, we are so excited to see how God has sovereignly orchestrated the events in your church in bringing Lance and Sycamore together at this time in history. We know our God is sovereign, wise, and good, and so are his plans. We are grateful as a church family to have been used of God in preparing Lance for this opportunity to serve our King we look forward to opportunities to partner together to advance the kingdom of God at Trafalgar in Christ. Dr. Dan Kidanoya and your extended church family at Calvary Baptist Church. So that I, I want you to hear those words because in particular, he's making a promise. He's saying, I'm looking forward to opportunities to partner together. That's a bill we're going to call in. <laughs> we're going we're to connect with the folks at Calvary Baptist, and I know that they desire that uh, as well. Uh, here's a, uh, a voice from Lance's past. Congratulations to you, Lance, for arriving upon the day of installation to your first ministry. I recall once during the time of your internship at church that you asked me, are we friends? <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? You do. Okay, good. You all won't know who this person is. I've never met this person. Just talk with him on the phone a couple times. But, and he says, I answered you at that time. Uh, we are friends in as much as it pertains to your internship. <laughs> well, today, 
This is what he says. I want you to know that we are now truly friends and fellow servants in the gospel ministry. I am happy for you. I appreciate you. And I love you for what God has done in your life to prepare you for the work of the ministry. Pastor David Cotner, Prairie Flower Baptist Church, Washington, Iowa. Did you even know I knew him? I don't know him personally. We've talked on the phone. As I was uh, contacting him, uh, chasing down a reference for someone who is applying to the mission and possibly going to be a, uh, one of our MCE workers, this was one of his references. And so I was able to speak with him. I could talk with him about this person and didn't have any idea he knew who Lance was. And he didn't know we were working with Lance. And he mentioned your school. He mentioned Faith Baptist. I said, oh, that's interesting. We've got a young man who's with us working, his graduate of Faith Baptist. And he says, well, who might that be? And I said, that it was Lance Lewis. And he says, you've got to be kidding me. He's, he interned for 12 weeks at our church. I know Lance. I said, no, you've got to be kidding. So there you go. I called him yesterday. He wanted me to say those words to you. So... Uh, this is exciting to see how God's working. Again, it's a whole tapestry that's being woven together as God is putting all those unique, colorful threads uh, to paint this beautiful picture, this, this a magnificent scene. And I'm just so pleased to be able to say that that's what's going on as we now enter another phase of life, a new chapter of ministry here at Sycamore Bible Church. And it will be under the term of Lance Lewis as your pastor. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord God of heaven began a new age in this world, and we know it to be the age of the church. We're in a different time. We're not under the law. We're not under Moses. We're not Israel. Very distinct thing that's happened when God brought together this new creation, this new organic entity called the church. It was God's plan. It has been God's plan to have his glory demonstrated through this new institution, this new organism. We indeed, as the church, are a new creation. Uh, in the ages before, he designed Israel to be that chosen vehicle of making his glory known to the world. That's what he said in, in the Psalms, Psalm 96, to declare his glory to the nations. But now blindness in part has fallen upon Israel. It's the church. It is this new thing, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ that is commissioned to advance the truth of the gospel the task of making his glory known through the world is now in our hands, that of the church. And I bring this to our attention this morning for a very important reason. It's true that today is going to be focused on a, a, a ceremonial installation for Pastor Lance. That is a fact. It's going to be installing your pastor to his position as the shepherd of, your, uh, of you, your, his flock. It's localized here at Sycamore Bible Church. But intentionally, the words are all going to mostly be directed at Lance. We would be remiss to think that this day is just about him. We would be remiss to think it's just about what God is going to do in his life because this day is more is as much about him as it is about your united testimony as the people of God placed into this flock of believers who make up Sycamore Bible Church. So the words that are going to be directed, charged 
to Lance today uh, are, are certainly going to be those things that he's your new pastor. He's going to have duties that he is to fulfill, and those things will be charged to him. But God has brought him here in his role as a shepherd. Um, and I say this not humorously, though there probably will be a little bit of a smile that will come to your face. He's actually a spiritual gift. And he's, he's all wrapped up by God and packaged for you and being presented to you as a flock. That doesn't mean he's a stuffed shirt, doesn't get to pull his suspender strips off God's gift to the church, right, and snap them back. No, that's not, what he's, that's not what it's about. But he really is someone who's been brought to you in that way. And he's going to be charged to make full proof of his ministry. Pastor, uh, Brother Keith read that for us in 2 Timothy. But as I bring this out to you, I want you to realize that the ministries with which he's going to be charged, they're all going to be conducted in, in a larger context than merely himself. He's not going to be the pastor operating his ministry within a vacuum that's not going to have a context, not going to have a, an environment in which those things are going to be conducted. He's going to be fulfilling his ministry with you. He's going to be fulfilling your, his ministry in this place, this center for gospel advance, this center for discipleship. He's going to be doing it in your midst with you as a community of God's people here in this church as well as he's going to be fulfilling this ministry in the community at large in Trafalgar, Indiana and places beyond. You see, we are all part of God's divine agenda for this age, the age of the church. Lance didn't know I had these verses, but he read them earlier, and I want to reinforce them again. Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now watch these phrases, and then I want to read from verse 16 some others as well. That we are to come unto a perfect man, become a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, Unto the effect, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It's an interesting phrasing. Uh, verse 13 talks about this, this stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 16 talks about making increase of the body. And a lot of people, when they read these passages, they only understand it to be in terms of the development of spiritual qualities. Uh, they, they go deeper in their understanding of Christ. They get more connected in fellowship with Christ. They, they, they see themselves being brought more into fullness so that one day, once when we all have our, our confusions and our human misunderstandings all rectified, we're going to be perfectly one, knowing Christ, seeing him as he is, as, as John in the first epistle says. And, and all that is true, 
but they also, they also do not account for the quantitative aspect of that passage and what it's talking about. Because not only are we to see ourselves and the body of Christ, all of us together growing into becoming that fully mature body, but it talks about the fact that this body is making increase of itself. In other words, it is numerically growing every time a soul comes to faith in Christ, the body is increasing. Make sense, right? Because one, one new soul is being added to the body. All the believers, every generation, every uh, uh, location all around the world, whether it's geographic descriptions, whether it's a, a chronological description, all of those, every person who's put their faith in Christ since the beginning of the church age to the time when that trumpet sounds and we're all taken to be home with him, we are part of that body. That means that God is continuing to work an agenda of being able to work through us, advancing the gospel. And as we are seeing people come to faith in Christ, that soul is then added to the body. It makes an increase. When the gospel goes out to the people around the globe, so that with every person who accepts Christ, we are that much closer to our departure. Have you thought about that? We don't usually see that in Ephesians 4, but it has to be true for all those words to make the sense that they mean. And what this then implies is that while we are still here, while we're still awaiting the sound of that trumpet to call us to meet the Lord in the air for his parousia, his appearing, our departure is not a, not a departure that we grieve. It's a departure that we can't wait to go on that final destination trip to be taken from this place to go into the presence of the Lord. We're not to be standing idly by in this world wondering when the sound is going to come. We're not waiting for the blare. Instead, we are to employ our respective gift sets and talents so that they will be used in advancing the gospel for people to believe on Christ so that they would call upon his name and be saved. And so, yes, today the charges are going to be issued to the new pastor of your church. But remember, he's not going to operate in a vacuum. He's going to be operating with you corporately in the body so that you can advance the gospel to see people come to Christ in this town and to places beyond as God would give you opportunity. Yes, the new pastor of the church, because as such, he's the one that's going to be gifted. He is the one that is prepared to feed and lead, keep those two words in mind today, this congregation, this flock of God's people. But you must understand that it's a contradiction in purpose. It's a contradiction in our mission to believe that he's going to be the sole fulfiller of God's agenda at Sycamore Bible Church. You know that in your mind, don't you? Sometimes that, that that's hard to translate into practice, though. We all become very dependent upon that shepherd as if our church is going to rise and fall on him and him alone. He's a very important part. In fact, he's a vital part. That's true. That's what he's going to be charged with today. But it's not the only person. When the pastor is duly charged and begins to execute the duties of his office, the local body is to receive what he will equip and invest within you. 
And then you, in turn, are to advance together in broadcasting the gospel, influencing others to come to Christ. If you will, his charges are also your charges. Okay? So let's talk to Lance today. Today, Lance, I'm going to issue you two main charges, and they are summarized in the two concepts I just mentioned. You are to feed, and you are to lead. I want to unpack that, but those are your two charges today. First of all, I want you to realize, Lance, that you are to feed the flock of God. Uh, We see that right in Scripture. We know that Peter spoke of it in chapter 5 of his first epistle, feed the flock of God. Paul spoke of this to the elders at Ephesus in Acts 20 as well. It's the most well-used and rightly so uh, passage that was, read, that, that was read to us earlier by Brother Keith. It's 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. The pastor there is exhorted, quote, to preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, when it's convenient, when it's not convenient. That means it's always convenient. Okay, it's always the season for the word of God. There is, it's no secret that part of your task as a pastor is to proclaim the word of God to these saints, the saints that comprise this flock. And the content of your preaching is to be the word of God. It does not say preach the trending stories. It does not say watch Fox News on Saturday night and give a report on Sunday morning. It does not say find as many real life scenarios that you can have and incorporate that to your soliloquy from the pulpit on a Sunday morning. The trend today for a lot of sermons is all these stories, real life scenarios, modes of entertainment, All these methods designed to draw a crowd of people. Well, I maintain that is not how a pastor feeds the flock. If we want to draw crowds, then you know what you'll have at the end? A crowd. And a crowd is not a church. Can I hear an amen? A crowd is not a church. We're not called to feed a crowd, Lance. We're called to feed the church. What all of us needs is the nourishment of God's word to fortify and to sustain our souls. That means sometimes there's going to be a need for the milk of God's word. Okay, If you're going to feed them, you're going to find that food. What's that food you're going to give? Sometimes the menu is going to call for some milk. There are times it's very appropriate for you as a pastor to visit or revisit in the lives of your people to... The milk of the word, the, 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 the establishment or reestablishment of foundations, the core fundamentals of the gospel, of discipleship, of things that you and I, we might discern knowing our flocks that, that uh, uh, they're beyond this exhortation in their spiritual lives. But you as a pastor must never forget that if you're going to pursue deeper levels of the word, it requires that you also have laid the beginning foundations to build upon. You have to plumb that before you can plumb deeper. I also would share with you that there's going to be a time for the meat of God's word in addition to the milk. 
the meat, it's very appropriate for you as a pastor to say, you know, folks, today we're going to roll up the sleeves and we're going to reach down deep and we're going to take ourselves as a flock into areas that we haven't plumbed before. It's not a problem for you to be able to say that we wanted to, to go and learn something about God that perhaps we've never once before considered. Help this congregation to grow in their knowledge of Christ and therefore lead them to adore him anew because of what they're going to learn at your hand. My passion in the coming years as we are at the stage of renewing an agreement with your church, we are all of the churches under MCE are getting ready to, to re-up their covenant and we'll be visiting that with your steering committee in the coming weeks. But one of my passions in the next couple of years is that we find a way to stir up, to stimulate activity where we're reaching into new people. Why Lance needs to be ready with both the milk and the meat of the word is because it's our desire that coming through those doors on any given Sunday morning are going to be people who need both parts of that food diet. Let's say you meet someone in, in the community, someone who's new in the faith. They're not going to be able to roll up the sleeves and really grasp a whole lot of what Lance might share with what you would have in a particular context. And so part of his message is going to have to have the milk to be able to give to that newborn person in Christ to be able to receive. But then there are going to be times in the message, perhaps even in the very same message, where it's going to say, now here's the time we roll up the sleeves and we're going to dig a little deeper. And just as we saw some very simplistic principles in John chapter 10, we also saw some good meat in that passage today. It was a good balanced lesson, milk and meat. And if we have a congregation or an attending body of people here in this, in this church facility on a Sunday morning that's mixed with people who need both milk and meat, that means Lance's, his, his charge is to prepare a full menu that is going to meet the needs of individuals right where they're at. It's going to have both the milk and the meat diet. So you have to feed the flock with the word. It will always be exactly what they need. And then secondly, on this matter of feeding the flock, you need to feed the flock with care. With care. When we see the word feed in Scripture, uh, it's not always intended for us to understand that we're putting on our menu bib and then, you know, bellying up to the table. Okay? It doesn't just mean, you know, feed me. (laughs) Okay? Uh, The word feed actually translates more literally to mean to shepherd, to shepherd, shepherd the flock. So yes, feeding does mean laying out the elements of the milk and the meat. We are feeding, we are giving that diet that the, of, the, of the word of God, but it also means that you as a pastor, you, you are going to feed them, you're going to nourish them, but you're going to be bringing health to the spiritual lives of this congregation. So tending to their needs isn't how much Bible you can give them, it, Always isn't always about how much Bible you can give them. Tending to their needs might mean helping them through a trial. Uh, it may not be the time just when you're behind the, the lectern you had this morning or, or, the, or the podium here today, the pulpit here today. Sometimes when they come to you in a counseling session, they need to know that you're going to pastor them with care. You're going to feed them with care. You're going to care about their problems. You're going to lead them to a God-honoring solution, a biblical solution. The sheep here in this church are never to be an imposition 
on you as a shepherd because they are your stewardship. They are your responsibility. And how you care for them, that's a matter of which you will give an account. So that means you're to visit them in their homes as they're able to have you with COVID aside. You know, you're to you're have contact with them. Uh, you, you tend to their needs when they're in the hospital. Uh, you attend and you celebrate the events in their lives, whether it's a ball game, whether it's a graduation, whether it was a wedding like last month, whether it's a funeral that sometimes happens in all of our lives. And you name the, the situation, Pastor Lance is to be there and to support and celebrate and to comfort in whatever context it may require. You have to be visible. You have to be available. You have to be supportive. You have to be active in the lives of this congregation. That's how they'll always see that you care for them. You have to feed them with care. So I charge you to feed this flock with the word and with care. Lance, I also charge you to lead, to lead this flock, to lead this flock. Feed and lead. You see, leading the flock is not just related to their studies in the word, though obviously we've already highlighted the importance of that. But I opened my time with you today talking about how we are all going through these passages and journeys in our lives. And leading them is taking the flock through the passages of this pilgrimage that we have here as believers in this world. Now, some pastors, they think that they, take, they can take this approach and they justify a, a, an almost dismissive attitude uh, toward people. All I'm supposed to do is just give them the word of God. It's their responsibility to do something with it. You hear how dismissive that is? And I would say, yes, it's true. The flock is responsible to obey what clearly and accurately is taught. We understand that. Does anyone not get that, right? I mean, we all know that that's to be true. But this, this flock also needs to know where the pastor believes that they are to go, how to flesh out the word in their lives. Uh, we're, we're, we're not robotic in reciting scripture. The truth of the matter is every soul in this room can pick up their own copy of scripture and read it for themselves. They don't need us to read it back to them. What this flock needs is for us to unpack it, to help them to understand it even better. Folks, you have a brilliant young pastor that is now working for you and who is serving in your midst. And that's a very exciting thing. Uh, and, and don't put upon him I came to church today. I dare you to teach me something new. That's not how you are to come in to be ready to, see, to have what he brings to you. But when you have a genuine question about direction, when you have a, 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 a need for guidance and you want to be able to approach your pastor, Lance, they're going to look for you to help them to sort things out. And maybe I don't have an answer, but let's pray and let's figure it out together and to have that kind of a commitment to lead people in their spiritual lives. Where are you going to take this church? Leading the flock is a necessary part of the shepherd's charge. As I think about this part of things, Lance, I want to refer you to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. 
when it comes to leading this flock, you are, first of all, to lead by example. You are to lead by example. Paul says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You're young, let's face it. You don't have to apologize for that. You never have to apologize for that. You are walking in God's path as he has created you to be in your journey. One day you aren't going to be young. Trust me. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> um, but you are always an example. Be a good one. Be a good one. Everything that you want this congregation, these people to be in their Christian lives, you must first be in your own. We are not to be hypocrites. It's always a very humbling and convicting experience for the pastor in his study to be led to a passage. And you're going to be led through various passages of Scripture. You've been working systematically through some of the Gospels. We heard that earlier today. You're going to come upon a passage that you don't have down in your life. And it's going to be very convicting. You don't skip it. Okay? There is, there is, a, there is a, 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 a crazy notion that not only pastors bring upon themselves and almost to their own guilt, but then people have that expectation of the pastors as well. Well, you should never preach a sermon unless you have that down in your life. You want to know how many times I've stood in the pulpit knowing how much of a hypocrite I've been? about the things because see when you're a vehicle proclaiming the truth it's not about the instrument that's proclaiming the word it's about the truth that's being proclaimed i am put to the woodshed so many times when i see something in scripture that i don't have down in my life i have even re-listened to some of my own sermons on particular things that i know i don't have victory in that area right now just to remind myself of saying look i don't want to be a hypocrite i know what i've proclaimed lord you've said that teachers have the greater accountability so henry you better figure this spiritual problem out here's what you once told a congregation of people that is take that's henry going to his to god's woodshed so you know the whole thing about i don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites it's always full of hypocrites it's got a hypocrite in the pulpit every time we stand up here. So you understand that. That's why we have to humbly accept this, this responsibility. It's a convicting experience when we're preaching on something that we don't have down in our own life. I don't know a pastor who prays too much. But I know all pastors who don't pray enough. There it is. Anyone here pray too much? You see what I'm saying? We're all human we're all progressing in Christ. That means there's still work being done in each and every one of our lives, including that of the pastor. Now, I'm just not sharing these things to heap up guilt. I'm not counseling you to avoid those passages. I'm sharing it to remind ourselves that pastors are to grow in their walk with Christ. That's what these folks are looking for. Are you growing in Christ? I want to follow you as you follow Christ. So set the bar. Set the bar of discipleship for the flock and that is done by the measure of your own life in Christ. Be an example. Lead by example. And then lastly, Lance, I want you to lead the flock in God's direction. Lead them in God's direction. That means you're on a journey to discover it together. Who is it that we're to touch for Christ next? 
What is the next stage of development for Sycamore Bible Church that, that we are to figure out? Lance, you're the point man. And I trouble over our pastors most often in this area of their duties. They think that the only thing, that, that, that their, their end game is what they bring to the pulpit. That is a vital part of the ministry. It's not, you cannot be the pastor and not have, it, this can't be absent, okay? So understand, I'm a preacher. I'd stand behind these, and I, and I know it's important. It is not the whole ministry. We're to take our flocks into the arenas of life in this world where they're going to make a difference for Christ. You're to build your church. And pastors forget that that is a responsibility that they have, that they are to build their flock. You build them qualitatively. You build them up in Christ. Help them to grow deeper in love with him, more like him every day. But you're to build them quantitatively as well. There are others that God has out there. He told that to Paul. I have many people in the city of Corinth. Paul, you stay here and you go find them and bring them into the fold. There are people that God has in Trafalgar, in the outlying areas. They're in your field. Go find them. Bring them here. Build this ministry. Develop this ministry. Develop this flock. And add as many as you can to that developmental process. Paul was the planter. Apollos was the waterer. But we all know who gave the increase, right? Who was it? It's God. It's not Henry, not Lance, not any one of us. We all play a part. He uses each one of us respectively. But God gives the increase and therefore gets all the glory. So a man never saves a soul. Only God can do that. But you know what we are charged with? We are charged with sowing the seed. We are charged with evangelism. We are charged to accomplish something for God. So, Lance, make this church the kind that others are going to say, wow, that church is really going places, really doing something for the Lord. Feed and lead. These are my charges to you today. You're going to do that for this flock. If you truly feed, you will discharge your ministry well. The Lord will be faithful to accomplish through his word that which he intends. When you as a pastor are faithful to give out the word for everyone here to dine upon, the complete will of God's going to be accomplished, and therefore what more could any of us want or expect? And as a good pastor, you're going to lead your flock. True leadership builds the ministry to go places, spiritually speaking. It's nothing unsanctified about being a ministry that makes a singular difference in this world. Lead this flock to make a singular, one-of-a-kind difference. At this time, I'd like to call Brother Keith as a member of the steering committee uh, to come forward, if you would, and meet me here. Lance, if you would stand in the center of this aisle. Keith and I would like to lay our hands on you as leaders in the church and pray God's blessing on your ministry in that regard. Brother Keith, if you would pray in that office, let's pray together. And
going to tell you what principle is there. He knows the words. He's studied them. He's come through it in his infant sorry, presidency. And so he's prepared uh, to answer these things. We first of all have a philosophy of personality. We want to know what are your values and that you will exhibit these values as you conduct yourself in ministry. That you will be a faithful minister. That you will conduct yourself according to the principles of faith and that those are outlined in the scripture. We will have evangelistic discipleship, and he's going to get involved in corporate discipleship. He's going to grow in Christ personally, spending time with the Lord, growing in his spiritual walk, and helping you to have a fruitful spiritual walk. He's going to have, he is making a committee to a value of compassionate relationships. He cares about you, and he cares about the people that God brings into his life. He has to have the value of pulpit excellence. We cannot escape the fact that we need the word of God, that it must be done in an excellent manner as God has defined excellence. He's to be a diligent worker, not a lazy pastor. He's to be a one that is to be a committed worker. He's the one that's going to be diligent in the way that he conducts his ministry, instructing you, being involved in our community. And he's to have a value of a cooperative attitude, to work together with Midwest Church Extension, to work together with you as a congregation. And so he has he knows what those are. And he is making a, an affirmation that he understands these things and ascribes to each of them. Secondly, he is making a, an affirmation that he holds to IFCA doctrine. Lance has been vetted. We know where he is on doctrine. He is a participant and a member of that fellowship. And these are things that he makes uh, affirmation about. And then lastly, in regard to relational ethics, as he works with us with MCE, he works under our direction. I, I'm, I'm his advisor. Um, the, the guys like to give me a little bit of ribbing and say, I'm their boss. Well, there are times when that is true. Uh, hopefully, they'll see me as something more than that. But they'll see me as, a, as someone that can help them, guide them, protect them. Uh, but yes, to realize that I am an authority in that regard. That there is an avenue that, that for some reason, I'm, I mean, I'm the most wonderful guy to work for, so I can't imagine this would ever happen. But if you ever come to where we're in disagreement. Um, there's an avenue that Lance can work with to get resolution. He commits to walk that direction. He has permission to walk that direction. Like I said, that can't possibly happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, and therefore, he's making those commitments to have a, a to be ethical in his relationships with us. And so, Lance, today is the day that you get to sign that document, and so do I. And so, I'm fixing my signature today. On January 9th, 2022, that we are entering this covenant, and Lance, that you will also do so as well. Brother Keith, are you trying to snap some pictures for us? Uh, I was going to, yeah. Good. Wait, when you guys get to the, you know. We're ready. I'm sure you're about to shake a hand. Or we are. <laughs> right now's the time. God bless you, Lance. <laughs> Do it again? Yeah. Okay. Like, and look this way. This, this way is not for real, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All set? Yeah, and I also want to get his family up there with him. That'd be great. Well, let's pray, and then we'll just, and then we'll have to take that time to have pictures. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for the privilege of installing Lance to his position. 